Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free. Zero catch. We've been using it ever since we started How Long Gone. And ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like having the option of turning off the Q&As and the polls on the user dashboard (laughs) has really helped uh, boost my creativity and take it to another level. I highly recommend giving it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hello. What's up, TJ? Hey, bro. Um, doing it's, doing pretty well. It sounds eerily quiet at the homestead. Is are, are we? I I don't mean to assume, but is construction done or close? Construction not done. It is close. We're in the home stretch. They're they are not working today. They're they're cutting cutting a bunch of shit. At their at the lab, so oh, they're oh, I see they're back in the stew. They're back in the stew, doing some doing some final touches on. They have to like cut a bunch of shit, um, and then tomorrow it's all going in, and I think it should be done. Wow, just in time for Big CB's arrival. We can do like we can do a little crib style home tour for the fans. Yeah, uh, as soon as you quarantine for two weeks, we'll set that up. <laughs> okay, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it is quiet right. today. It's my girlfriend's not even here. Damn, TJ home alone, risky business boys. I know, and I I could be spending this time doing all kinds of risky business, but instead I'm podcasting with you. Well, look, man, jerking off again is not going to get to this bag any faster. Podcasting <laughs> on the other on the other hand will absolutely. It's a get very us to the bag. good point. It's a very good point. Um, I'm just still dying over your your uh, Laird Hamilton superfood creamer has got me on geek uh, text <laughs> message that you sent me. And I mean, we've talked about this before, but I, I didn't. So have you looked into Laird, the famous surfer? His Does he have an entire product line? Yes, he it, does. Have you? It's almost it almost sounds like you've never even listened to Joe Rogan before. But yeah, he does have a uh, he has a full line you. of products. Wow. That, this looks pretty good. I mean, it it is weird. Like it, it has this thing called Aquaman, which is uh, uh, apparently a super nutritious blend of of minerals and nutrients that are derived from a certain type of red sea kelp, um, and that they they just put a bunch of that into into a, like a non dairy coffee creamer that's co- pre- coconut based. The prices are looking dirt cheap. Yeah, it's it's nine 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 ninety nine at Whole Foods. Pretty cheap. I don't want this to sound like an ad because we are. This is not an ad, but no, I just think it's funny. I I just think that it's great when people branch out into consumer goods. 
I, I just think that's like the <laughs> that's like the final frontier of of fame at any level is being like, you know what? I'm going to slap my name on a product people will use at home, and and you know, it kind of makes sense, but it kind of doesn't. I guess for him because he's an athlete, I guess it makes sense. I mean, what what celebrity products? have actually become you know successful or even just good like like soldier boy has the soldier watch and that that was not, not good what about the raycon headphones well who what who does raycon headphones ray j bitch oh <laughs> who does ray j has a, a a huge huge offering of products um <laughs> from scooters to fake airpods like and okay. it, it's all popping so that was, when you say it's all popping though like does that mean that is like it is a proven uh, quality product that people believe in and purchase on a normal basis or or is like a company that ray j started maybe more so known as a bit of a novelty perhaps um, when I say popping, I mean, I mean, making shitty products and probably not selling them. Okay. But it's funny. So therefore it's, it's popping. <laughs> it okay. is funny. Let me, let I'm, me I'm, so, I'm trying to find there. an example of a, of an actual real success of, of celebrity endorsement. Jaw Rule has not had a good one. Well, I'm sure there's like, I'm sure, I'm sure you know, I guess, are. I guess it's, it's going to be Fenty and it's going to be Martha Stewart too. You know what I mean? Oh, or like yeah, whatever. Yeah, George, yeah. George Foreman, the Foreman grill. I mean that <laughs> yeah, millions, true. millions, you know, like shit like that. The stuff maybe a little before our time, but um, you know, now it's easy to sell direct to consumers. So we might not even know about some of the stuff. If we don't follow them on IG. DTC baby. It's big. Um, yeah. My friend, a friend of mine got the soldier watch and they just never sent it to him. It was just a picture of an Apple watch that they photoshopped soldier boys logo. Into. <laughs> no, they took, no, no. They took his, they, he, yeah, it was like, it's like $19. Oh, okay. And they sent it to your well, house, who cares? But, but it's just a full, just full thievery. Just, we thank you for buying this soldier watch and that's it. They never send you a product. It's just like a straight up scam. So, all right, this is, I think this is a good time for us to announce the How Long Gone Watch. Um, it's $15.99 and coming out next week. Uh, pre-orders available now, howlonggone.com slash watch. Apple Watch is out, bro. Yeah, that shit's for losers, dude. You need to get the How Long Gone Watch. It's just generally cooler, but does the same stuff. It's generally cooler. Uh, I, other big news today, the Dixie Chicks just changed their name to... No way. The chicks, really? <laughs> yes, yes. And <laughs> that sounds I, like the name of a band in like a like a Lindsay Lohan <laughs> Disney movie. I I agree. I mean, I think the the the. Uh, I mean, I guess changing the name makes sense, obviously, because it's offensive, or or you know, it's uh, it's not. What what exactly? Um, uh, as a southern person, like I know the word Dixie, but what what is what exactly is like the the animal I mean, behind it? It's just racist shit. You know what I'm saying? Just some like Confederate flag. Like we're protecting our history, and and unfortunately, when the the history they're talking about is owning slaves, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit of an insane thing to die on. Um, I, again, I'm not the most well versed in this, but that's I think. What they 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 like love these symbols mm-hmm. of Confederacy, but 
the Confederacy was awful. So while you would want those symbols or these statues of, of these people that like held up these awful things, like right. why you would want that still is, is a little beyond me. I, I don't think the Dixie Chicks uh, named themselves because they were, you know, representing for that. I think it was probably just yeah, you know, so the, 30 Dick, years ago. Dixie is, is just a nickname for any of the southern it's, it's, states at all. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, but also any of those southern states also happen to be composed <laughs> yeah. of all Confederate states. That's what I'm saying. It's like a little bit like, yeah, just southern stuff, you know, and you're like, yeah, oh, wait. It's, let it's me, t- let me. I mean, you know, I got, you know, if you, there's a lot of good stuff in the south. Um, but yeah, I mean. Just calling your name the chicks, though, is just not going to work out. The chicks, the chicks does not seem very in line with where we are in 2020. Uh, <laughs> but, but also, I guess, like, a full name change would have been really crazy for a band of that size, too. That's, like, been around for so long. Um, That's true. But, but then on the other side of the coin, it's like, you're so big, it doesn't fucking matter. Just change the name, and, and you have the ability for your label, all the digital streaming services, like hit a button and just change it all. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not like, it's true. not, it, it, it's a very easy thing to communicate at this stage, but I'm just surprised at the news. I mean, somebody has to do a better job at figuring out how to rename these things because you can't just call your band the chicks. Well, I mean, Lady Antebellum going to Lady A doesn't, well, I'm 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 saying I remember a day, you know, two weeks ago when they announced that they're changing their name to Lady A. And everyone was like, oh, that's funny. And now Dixie Chicks changing the name to the Chicks makes Lady A look like an actual good idea and good job. I, I believe you're right. I, be, I, I, I haven't, you know, this name change was very recent. And um, I, I don't know, I haven't really clocked the mm-hmm. reviews from the, from the public at large. But I'm sure it will be, you know, I'm sure plenty positive. of people are not rushing to speak about their thoughts on no, the no. Dixie chicks changing their name in the year. But that's why you, that's why you, that's why you come to how long gone, because we give you these extremely important takes first, you know? And I think that, that the Dixie chicks <laughs> changing their name is, is, is exactly why you listen to this. Podcast. Yes. Yes. You, you know? Your, your mom and my mom are like, finally some fucking news. I can sink my teeth. Into. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is finally some information. These guys for me. need to stop talking about Lil Uzi or whatever his <laughs> name is and talking about some real shit. What is Chrome hearts, Christopher? Um, mm. I, I, it's, it, I think we're going to see a lot of this and, and mostly in the country genre because they, they're the ones that probably have the most problematic names mm-hmm. historically. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Jenny Slate is no longer going to voice that character. Kristen Bell is no longer going to voice that, that mixed race character. So it, little things like this are going to happen in enough of a, a, a wave where it is a big thing. Yeah, I agree. The I didn't know that Kristen Bell was doing any of the, I mean, you know, who keeps up with Kristen Bell news? But I did watch Big Mouth, and I thought it was funny. And I did know that Jenny Slate did the voice of that character, who was a black girl. And I thought she did a good job at it. And, and I really just didn't even think... I mean, I probably was like, huh, interesting. I think this is a black girl, and Jenny Slate's doing the voice. Yeah. But it, you know, it, mean, it didn't really occur to me to be a major offense, and I guess it didn't really occur to a lot of people because no, definitely, it just not. happened. No, definitely and now, not. now that it, I look at it, and I, you know, through a a more fresh set of eyes, I'm like, holy shit, yeah, why? That's just bad. 
I mean, it just seems like a, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think adults watching cartoons is also bad, but this is a bigger issue. <laughs> um, and I do, but it is, it is strange though, that that's the impulse, um, which I think is the, obviously the, 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 you know, issue at hand, mm-hmm. you know, um, in a lot of ways is like, instead, like, I, I'm sure they just, you know, Jenny Slate's famous and that's easy to do. You know, it's, it's the, it's the path of least resistance. Yeah. Um, and also, but, you know, there, I, I think there are other people. Like, I don't think anyone was ever really going to come for Jenny Slate, um, you know, in some type of witch hunt scenario, asking her for her resignation from show business. But, you know, she's the type of person that would want to, that would get a little scared and want to get out ahead of something, you know, like apologizing for a thing that, uh, you know, you see celebrity apologies of, of stuff that you didn't even know was happening or going on because they're just paranoid that they don't want to get taken down. So they're getting getting out ahead of it, which I guess is proactive. But sometimes oh, it's, it's almost a little like, I don't know, it hasn't. It's, defi- it's has definitely an, an emission of guilt energy that is that is odd to me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that it it is, um, you know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's such a strange thing because we're literally talking about the voice of a cartoon, but that is like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that is like more meaningful than you think about when when you think about the implications and like what all of that means and and the patterns of behavior that, that go into that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's, it's, you know, you have to dig a little deeper to understand why that's, that's a bigger problem than it may seem on the surface is what, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I, I, yeah, for for something like a show like Big Mouth, where it is such a progressive type of program, where they're educating you know young people about sex in a new, entertaining way that is done intelligently with humor and blah 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 blah. Like, I think that's really important, and it's really progressive. And you know, the casting behind that also has to you know keep up to those progressive standards. Well, I think it's just a you know another blind spot you know that that. Uh, will you know? I think Hollywood's on high alert, and and these kind of things will will keep going. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But well, um, my so you know my predi- I've been watching a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm old reruns lately, and my prediction, my my unfortunate prediction of calling that Larry David will be canceled one day in real life, just keeps getting stronger and stronger. As I'm watching really? these old episodes, there's you know there's just a lot of stuff that was made, you know, less than five years ago that is, that would be front page headlines of like, look at this shit, you know, in terms of racism, in terms of, you know, sexual abuse and male chauvinism and all that stuff. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I haven't, I mean, I watched all that stuff when it came out, but I've definitely not revisited. Just weird. But as I re- it, it ages, it does not age well, in my opinion. Interesting. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, the but West at the time Wing I was has, laughing has aged so much. It was. I mean, it's that's the problem. Is it's so funny and it's also so offensive. But you know, five or ten years ago, everyone was like, oh, you know, it's fine in the name of comedy." Blah blah blah. We don't actually hate well, th- people with disabilities, you know, or things like that. The name of comedy is going to be a a. a uh sliding scale term i think uh what what you're able to do in the name of comedy is is going to be uh Mm -hmm. changing rapidly um but we do have a guest today um uh my old friend uh fadia cater who um 
I actually know from years and years ago of like Atlanta nightlife. Um, mm-hmm. She is now the 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 uh, strategic partnerships lead of music at Instagram, which is like a pretty big job. Um, mm-hmm. But she's also just lived a really interesting life. She moved here from Jordan. She lived in Nashville. She lived in Atlanta. She now lives in LA. So I feel like she's probably got a pretty interesting perspective on things like all, all things from from the news to entertainment, et cetera. So mm. um, I will bang her line now. Please do. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. All right. There we are. Fadi, are you here? Yes, I'm here. All right. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, you know, another day in paradise, as I like to say. Just jazzed. Um, just jazzed, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually in Atlanta. Um, I've been here for a couple weeks uh, just to kind of see my parents and hang out. Um, so, uh, But I am departing soon, which I think I've hit my max uh, <laughs> after a couple weeks. Your threshold is what, three weeks in Atlanta? <laughs> I would say less, honestly, but because of the pandemic, I feel like I've, I've been able to extend it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's changed my attitude. Have you been in LA the whole time? I've been in LA, so we bought a house two weeks prior to COVID. Who, who is we exactly? Uh, oh, my husband and I. Okay. Congratulations. And the dogs and the cat. Well, thank you. It's great, but, you know, like a blessing for sure, but... Um, had I known this would have happened, I'd be sitting in Hawaii for the last three months. There we somewhere. go. I, I like the attitude. I mean, it was moving a total nightmare? Or did, was it like fine? Oh, no, no, no. We, we moved in two weeks prior oh, you, to oh, COVID. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, thought yeah. You, I thought you were saying you bought it too. I was like, oh, shit, okay. It's going to be a whole thing. No, so no, you, no, So no. now you are, you're already sick of your brand new house is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. See, you're not gonna make me out to be ungrateful. <laughs> what uh, what what neighborhood are you in? If you don't mind me asking, uh, we're in the Crenshaw, like this weird line between Crenshaw and West Adams area. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know the area. Uh, where yeah. did you Where did you move? What neighborhood did you move from? Mid city, like not okay. even two miles south. We really wanted to stay in like the mid city area, but it's so expensive now. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely got priced out from even like the two years that we moved here and we're contemplating buying there. Um, but we love this neighborhood. This was like definitely number one. That's great. Uh, I lo- love yeah. to hear it. And and I just want to talk about the, the biggest flex I've seen in a while, and that's you having a 212 cell phone number. 
Um, oh boy. I, I just, you know, I've, this is something that I am uh, deeply jealous of, but also I'm always interested to hear the origin story. So if you could just walk us through, that would be excellent. Definitely. So when I, I, I grew up. <laughs> two on two oh, in this economy. Okay. It's, I gotta it's, hear this. it's honestly insane. Listen, either when I call, people think I'm a check or a bill collector. It can go either <laughs> that's, way. Yeah, that's true, though. That's true. That's totally it, true. It can definitely go either way. Um, the way it happened was, uh, you know, this is this is a life hack. Um, but back in the day when I lived in Atlanta, I really was trying to get out of Atlanta and move to New York. And I was applying for all these jobs. And it was back when I had the AirTran X, uh, the X Fair. Do you guys remember that? Oh, my that? God. We're going all the way back. Uh, yes. I have no Jason, clue what you're talking about. Jason's, oh. Jason's from California. So you can explain. Oh, let Air me tra- break it down. Yeah, or AirTran. Do well, no, AirTran was just like a budget airline that flew to New York. I mean, I, I took it to fly to New York. I think it, it didn't go to LA, right? Or did it? No, I don't think so. So it's like the it's like the mega bus of the sky? Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, but the what was the pass called? X Fair. Okay, so explain that because I don't really Yeah. So the X Fair was you could buy a ticket one way for forty five dollars standby. I, from what I recall, damn I'm aging myself. Um uh, up until you're 23 years old. The whole point is to get college students back and forth from home okay. or college towns or so wherever. So there's a child trafficking scheme. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> so, I assume uh, Russell Simmons was behind this. Uh, so it so sounds like a rush card of the sky. Oh, my God. The rush card <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Jokes write themselves. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I was trying to get a job everywhere. I called. They're like, oh, your resume is so great. And where do you live? Oh, I see an Atlanta number. And I'm like, yeah, I live in Georgia. And they're like, yeah, sorry. Call us when you move to New York. So I started, I called, what was it? Powertel at the time. It wasn't even T-Mobile yet. Damn. I think. Yeah. Voice stream or power tell, you know, they've gone through so many changes. And I was like, can I get a 212 number? I need a New York number. And they're like, great. We have a 212 number available. I was like, cool. I don't even know what it is, but fine. Give me a New York number. So I put my New York number on the resume, changed my address to my homegirl's house. And when I would get interviews in New York, I take the X fair all the way to New York to interview. Damn. To try to get a job. Damn. This is, see, this is some shit young people need to hear. Like this is what it used to require. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's no teleworking. There's no fucking Zoom. Like that. That's that's really getting it. What job did you get? What was your first job in New York? My first job was working for this publicist. Her name is uh, Marvette Brito. Uh, she had a publicity and like events agency and management agency. Was um, it music related or was it like everything? It was. It was everything related. I mean, she represented everyone from uh, Mariah Carey to what's that lady's name? Uh, Kim, who played Samantha on Sex and the City. Oh, to- Kim, Kim Control. This is a this is a very pro Sex and the City podcast. We're not going to stand for that disrespect. So far, you have two legends on the <laughs> roster: Mariah and Control. Damn, these are yeah. And this is a this roster. Is, wait, this is a this is wait. a Cougars only agency so far. Oh my god! But wait, maybe you guys will remember who's a basketball player that used to make budget basketball shoes for the kids. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't. You narrowed it down Stephen, to about thirty. No, <laughs> Stephen. Mulberry? Oh yeah, 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 Marbury. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think that was him. She used to represent him. I think. 
But I only lasted like three months. At Versatile. That, job. that yeah, yeah, that's an incredible roster. So you lasted three months there, but you were in New York, so you were like off to the races. Uh, well, no, I was in New York, but I it was at the time when I had also started a party called Broken Bougie in Atlanta, like about a year prior. And yes, it was Jason, super I, Jason, I forgot to explain to you that she's also a nightlife legend, just mm. like you. Um, unfortunately, not part of the EDM community, but but still a nightlife legend. Okay, yeah. that, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, if uh, if I <laughs> if it, these were at different times, I would be toasting you from your section to mine. <laughs> With some type what? of, uh, you know, Armandale vodka, perhaps? Yeah, you know, I was one of the uh, few promoters that actually did not drink like that. I just like, you know. All business. All business on the back end. And, you I can't know, relate. Just, I can't relate. Yeah. Can you, exp- can you explain the party, though? Because it was a moment in time, like the, the, the year range and like what was happening, you know. Definitely. Um, let's see. It was, I had just. You know, I've been in fashion or whatever, working as a stylist and a personal uh, shopper for a couple of years. And somehow um, I I used to work for Big Boy's wife and her best friend. They had a boutique in Atlanta called P. Valentine. And a friend was just like, you know, you should definitely manage artists. And I don't know what possessed me to do it. I was, what, 22, 23. And in doing so, I was like, well, Nobody knows who these kids are. Well, they're not kids. They were actually grown men, much older than me as well. And I was managing <laughs> them. Um, like, I was the child in the situation. But, you know, I was just like, let me start a party because nobody would book them for shows. Nobody would, like, book them at their parties or the DJs wouldn't play their music. So I was like, I'm just going to start a party so I could play my artists, their music, the people that I like, mm-hmm. give jobs and opportunities to graphic designers to create my stuff, you know, just like bring on mm-hmm. the homies. And that's what happened. It was just like a joke at first. Like Atlanta is the city of 10,000 heirs, the thousand air millionaires. <laughs> Damn, don't don't fire shots at me on my podcast. Damn. Listen, but I lived in Atlanta. I get it. I was that person in Alex Gittawan's club in the section and then like going home in my fucking like Honda Hoopty. So I get it. Um, so I was like, damn, I'm like the epitome of broken bougie. Like I have like, you know, champagne taste on like beer budget. So mm. my party is called Broken Bougie. And it was also like I had another party prior to that called The List. And I was just experimenting with a whole bunch of different like get togethers for friends and like minded folks. But it was definitely a special time. Uh, The years were like 2006 till 2012 is when I was throwing the party. But it was a time when also like I'd met Caleb, who started Sloppy Seconds in Atlanta with a friend, uh, Ree and Ian Ford. Mm-hmm. And then they split apart, but then like Ian and Ree and I were really cool. So like, um, yeah, it just it was a moment in time. It was like that blog era of rappers, you know, like cool kids, kid sister, Herb Magazine's one hundred list. Like mm-hmm. these are the things that you aspire to be. On I believe. Now. I believe that Jason, did you make the Herb one hundred, Jason? Or you already know what it is, dog. <laughs> so you you are a you have. You have made the Herb 100 at least once. Yes. Oh, yes, I have. So we're in that elite club, Jason. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, I'm feeling left out. I, I ain't got Forbes 30 under 30. Chris, I, you I need to get out herb. of our section before I call security. <laughs> security. <laughs> uh, no, it was a time. I mean, I think we were all probably similar age when that was like 
we all lived through that shit and probably made money off of it in some way. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you, I, you just made money selling coke and we made money off, off the door and off the bar percentage. <laughs> I didn't no. sell coke. I just did coke. Get it, don't get it twisted. You supported the ecosystem. Exactly. Got it. I think you guys made money off of these parties. My ass was making like, I thought I was doing something with the whole marketing uh, aspect of it. Like 99 cents before 11 p.m. Uh. But, you know... 90% of the people that came came before 11 so yeah, we, we did. Here. I had the same yeah. thing where it was it was free Svedka alcohol for the first oh hour God. and everyone would just come and get like at 9.59 you know all the broke motherfuckers in LA would show up in line and yeah. they would order six drinks at a time and before the club was even cracking everyone was blacked out fist fighting each other and shit <laughs> Svetka, I will never forgive myself for offering Svetka as an open bar option. <laughs> or I'll never, you know what I'll really never forgive myself for is the fucking cool people that were throwing around money back in the day. The cool cigarettes. Yeah, Do you remember yeah, that yeah. shit? I took course, all yeah, of this money. You get two oh packs for goodness. free when you sign yep. up or whatever? Yeah, 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 you, yeah. You just, yes. they take a picture of your driver's license and they give you two packs of those nice little menthols. <laughs> I had I had I had stacks of them. I didn't even smoke them. I, I remember the, I remember Camel doing that too. Um, yeah, Camel for, did it for 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 a long time. You know, um, but mm, it was look. It really was. It honestly, it's crazy to think about how. I mean, I guess that's just age too, right? But like, there were truly no cares in the world. Like, it was literally like nothing. Nothing was going. The, the, the temperature of the world was so much different than it is now. It's hard to imagine that whole lifestyle completely different i mean like we, yeah know. we were the last generation of people who didn't really have to care about shit that much and yeah i, I mean we, I, were the, we, we were the last generation of like this analog digital like yeah for sure. you know which i so appreciate and i'm so grateful for because i cannot imagine just growing up in this digital world mm-hmm. like and this is my entry point you know yeah, like, no, I'm, I, just, I'm grateful for the posters and guerrilla marketing and the flyers initially back in the day. Same, you know? same. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that is a big – we talk about that a lot actually um, about that that kind of cusp and like remembering a time before the internet and then living through it like improving and becoming like a true part of daily life. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't – yeah, I'm very glad that I had to mail order stuff with stamps. You know, it's, 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 it's an, important, it's an shout, important part of my development. Shout out Columbia House uh, CDs. Definitely. Yeah, now we now we're that. really aging ourselves. Let's move on to TikTok. <laughs> Have you guys seen TikTok? You guys heard this thing, TikTok? So did you, no, live in, did, you, did you live in New York and then Nashville or Nashville then New York? No, so I'm Palestinian. I was born in Kuwait, obviously, because of just immigrants, um, immigrant parents and taking okay. refuge in Kuwait. Uh, in 89, when the Gulf War was like simmering, my family moved me out here because my siblings were in college out here. My mom had passed. So I'd always lived between Atlanta and Nashville since oh, okay, 89. Okay, okay. Uh, and, you know, I'm one of those like, kids that didn't have a green card at that time so i would go back and forth between the middle east and jordan and uh spend the summers in jordan with my family so my 20 year old uh sister and brother can hang out for the summer out here in the u.s um that was actually back then what was it like going back and forth between like tennessee and (laughs) the middle east 
Yeah, uh, total mindfuck. Um, You know, I'm too American for the Arabs and too Arab for the Americans. That's the way to sum it up. You know, it's, it's the best of both worlds. I mean, not in a bad way, you know, like it was just, that's why I was able to do a party like Broken Bougie in Atlanta because I was, I always call myself a dabbler, you know, like as much. <laughs> I dab like, as well. I, yeah, uh, you can relate. Oh, do you? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you now? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like when I finally, I got stuck on a trip in Jordan one summer, that's the U.S. Embassy was just like, oh, you qualify for a green card, so we're going to cancel your visa. And I was, what, 11 years old? Mm. So I got stuck in the Middle East one summer and just lived there for two years until um, my family was able to get me a humanitarian visa from the United Nations um, to get me to move back to the U.S. in 96. And that's when I moved back to Atlanta, uh, and I, you know, I lived like right near Grady. Like I grew yeah. up in that area, and that's when like you know shit wasn't really that sweet back then in Atlanta on those blocks. So my family was like, you know what, we're gonna move you to Tennessee with your brother. Um, so that's how I ended up in Tennessee, and then came oh, back. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. but my family's always been between Atlanta and Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and Nashville, Tennessee, and then. In 2002, I was just like, you know what? I'm done with this. Like, I'm going to go back to Atlanta. And yeah, and, and, Nashville, and you came at the perfect time. Yeah, those were some good years, man. I mean, granted, like, I was coming, I was not staying in Tennessee any opportunity that I had. Like, every freaking holiday weekend, every Christmas holiday, every summer, like, I was coming back in the 90s, you know, mm-hmm, to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but my family just did not want me to go to school in, in Atlanta and, Interesting. you know, it is what, what it is. What do you think about, we, we had, uh, somebody you might know on the podcast, Joe Coscarelli, who's a New York times. He writes about music for the New York times. Um, and we were talking about Atlanta cause he's writing a book that's based here. And I, I just, do you have any theories or any knowledge you could bless us with about why the music scene is so rich? Like why you think that happened here versus somewhere else? Yeah. I mean, the thing is like, I think it's just deep rooted history, Southern pride, you know, um, it's so many layers, right? It started like, with Kill Ali and LaFace and everybody, like there's just such a rich history. I think the issue though is that even though Atlanta influences everything, we're also our worst gatekeepers. Mm. You know, mm. like we're really, really gatekeepers in the city. And unfortunately, like, you know, I don't know, it's hard because. We don't have a lot of like media outlets in our backyard, like how you would in New York or LA. Right. So like, you know, and that's the only reason I would say that Atlanta did not become a bigger music city than what it already is, is because you couldn't do your promo runs in your own backyard. You know, Mm -hmm. you had to leave the city to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So as massive as the music influence on everything is, I don't, I still don't think Atlanta gets the proper respect that it should or has. Do you think that people, you know, but I think with a lot of things, um, you know, if, if you're in a band, if you're an actor, if you're an actress, you know, you, you, you want to move to New York or L.A. where I think if you're in, if you work in rap music, hip hop, or, or you're part of that culture in some way, you, you might move to Atlanta or stay here, which I think is also kind of a rare thing. Yeah, quality of life is much better. 
you get more bang for your buck, you know, I mean, your peers are there. That's what's dope about the Atlanta music scene when it comes to like hip hop and R&B, you know, it is a black Mecca. And at the end of the day, like you are in your, you are in your element, you know, like this is the beauty of Atlanta. Right. Mm. Um, But it's kind of like a time warp at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. Like there is no creative inspiration, which is really, really frustrating. And it felt like, you know, I I was even a victim of that, where I was like, I got to get out of here before I get stuck. You know, like I mean, I don't same. Do the I same mean, thing. same. I left as soon as it made sense for me. You know what I yeah. mean? But I think that new. I, I at the time, I mean, I felt I didn't think about it that hard because I was young. You know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, fuck it. New York seems cool. Um, and it, I mean, I, it worked out. I think that some people just outgrow where they, where they're from, no matter what the business is, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I dream of days of going back home to Atlanta, actually more so Nashville nowadays, you know, like I would love to go to Nashville, but, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, I have, we have that conversation a lot, you know, about yeah. how can Atlanta get better, be better. And, you know, I think Atlanta's going th- through those weird years right now. It's like that puberty stage, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. that between gentrification and being its authentic self, you know, back yeah. to its authentic self rather because it was authentic, but we'll see what happens in the next couple of years. No, for sure. I think it's, it's, it's definitely like at a, at a, a tipping point in some ways. Um, I, I agree with you a hundred percent, especially after spending some time here, you know, um, yeah. as an adult. Uh, but so so did you start in the music business after in New York after the after the the PR job? No, so I, I it goes back to being that whole dabbler situation, right? I was working in fashion. I, were you working at the Standard back then? Uh, yeah, I was. Okay, <laughs> yes, uh, I was okay. first first okay. employee. <laughs> Okay. What, first like, employee at the Standard Hotel? What do you mean? No, it's no. A, it's a store. It, it was a, it's a store in Atlanta. Uh, a, yes, a, yes, a clothing yes. store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is that place still around? Yeah, yeah. It's at the mall. It's at Lenox okay. now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no, when I was working in fashion, quote unquote, and working at the boutique, I started with Bow Wow's mom and then Big Boy's wife and her best friend. Um that's when I got approached about being an artist manager with a group named Proton back in the day in Atlanta. And that's how I got, I guess, like the music bug is just, I was just sadistic and was like, Oh, (laughs) you know, I I have no experience in the music industry. Now I'm going to be a manager and Oh shit. What does an agent do? Oh, I have to book them shows. Oh, what's a press release. So it was like trial and error. Like, you know, it was training on the job literally and that's how I got into it because, you know, once you get bit by the music bug, it's like, oh, well, now I have to prove that I can make this happen. And, you know, went from managing artists to uh, show promotion. Um, so I did like Drake's first sold out show with my homies. We did like J. Cole, A3C. Like I was one of the first um, curators at A3C when, you know, they changed their whole narrative from like yeah. backpacker. Um, what is, what is AC3 for people who don't know? A3C, A3C. is a A3C is a hip hop festival that started in Atlanta um and it was very very much like super like I, I don't even know how to explain it but it was not it in my opinion. <laughs> like backpackery? You know, I, I, 
I just can't put my finger on it, but it ain't it. You know, I just can't. It ain't it. Some J. Cole Uh, shit? Yeah, if Jermaine Jermaine Cole's involved, we ain't involved on on this podcast. No, don't Uh, do that. Do you fuck with Your Majesty like that? Your Majesty, you guys. (laughs) I didn't say it. Do you fuck with Jermaine like that? I'm actually starting to sound like it. I'm surprised. You you don't have to defend him on this podcast, but I want you to know that we are steadfastly against him. Um, uh, I mean, I, I do see your tweets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know, definitely see your tweets. What do you? What do you? Speaking no. of, what do you? What are your thoughts on Chris Black's tweets? Just, just I mean, that's from an unbiased opinion of yours. Legit, my favorite account ever. <laughs> yes, let's go, baby. That's what we like to hear. Anyone and everyone, he probably says all the things I wish I could say, but in the position that I'm in, I can't say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I he just, is a martyr. You know, yeah, yes, exactly. He yeah, yeah. He's a martyr. For I'm, the I'm falling on the sword. Someone has to. But you guys, you know, you, I realized you guys actually met at the Casey Musgrave show. Mm-hmm. I was we, with we met at the yeah. whitest gathering in the history yeah. of Los Angeles. It yeah, was so good rainbows <laughs> and butterflies and I it don't was. know it, it was good it was it was so good. it was very good but I, I um I I needed to get that out there uh but I look I can relate to being bit by the, I mean I literally did the same thing uh in the music business and then unlike you I just probably got out of it a little too early whereas I think you stayed the course and kind of figured out like a real job you know what I'm saying <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no I mean like. You know, uh, I guess Twitter, Facebook, MySpace saved my life because who knows what I would be doing right now, honestly, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I've definitely moved, um, you know, like I used Twitter to sell out Drake's first sold out show ever in under seven minutes back in the day when no one was on Twitter, you know. And where was, that was Big Drake? Where did Big, where did Big Scorpion play in, in, in on that that tour uh, oh at center st- not a, not even a center stage it was the loft oh, okay, it was the sure. middle part and it, the only reason was because management at the time was like no we we just don't think like this is his first show we don't want it to be empty and i'm like trust like we can fill a 3000 seater and they're like no 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 let's just go with the 800 capacity place and when i tell you that line was around the building twice it was crazy was this so um, far gone yeah, it was so far gone. Damn, a classic. A classic. Do you and Drake classic. still stay in touch? No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. You know, it's a classic. It's a classic case of like you know mm. being the person that puts you know uh, creates a blueprint or a trend forecast something, and then it pops off, mm-hmm. and then like everybody else gets like. $20,000 booking off of it and like movie deals and book deals off of it. And I feel like I've had that story so many times. And that's another reason why I stopped. I was like, Oh no, y'all aren't making money off of me anymore. That's it. Yeah. I mean, there, there definitely is such a thing as being a little too early uh, to, to certain things where you get the shine, you get the recognition, you get the, you know, the self-satisfaction of being the first person, but then, you know, the the bag has not the full bag has not arrived at that point and then other people can just take advantage of that. Yeah, I tell people all the time like how I was able to leave Atlanta or why I was okay is that I had to come to terms with the fact that you can 
create the blueprint, but you might not be the one eating off of it. Mm -hmm. But at least all roads lead back to you. And that creates other opportunities. So like, I have zero regrets. Like, it's beautiful. But I learned a lot in those times. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's bragging rights. The, the, The real ones know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think that's a problem we suffer with as a society now, especially with young people is like the just desperate need for credit, you know, yeah. when, when it's like, no, nah, it's fine. People, the, the, it always is true. The right people know if, if they need to know. 100%. I, I'm a firm believer in that. And I love, there's nothing more that I love than walking into a space and someone not knowing like what I've done, what I've contributed or who I am. And then like having other people tell them, like, I love being the come up kid in every situation. Like, you don't have, I don't have to sit here and tout what I do all day long. Um, other people will It's tell unbecoming. You. It is. Yeah. It, yeah, it really is. And, and we, I, unfortunately, that's what social media can be for, for, for a certain kind of person. It's too and, easy. But I will say, like, I mean, for, I think we come from the same era where we did the behind the scenes work and that's yeah, how we sure. operated. And, you know, when you do behind the scenes work, you don't talk about behind the scenes work. You just do. But mm. the beauty of social media is that I've been encouraged to get a little bit better and, you know, story tell a little bit more because I think that's another thing about Atlanta is that if we were able to document the way these kids are documenting what they're doing, music scene in Atlanta will be completely different. And I'm not talking about like the two chains and folks like that. I'm talking about like other artists, you know, like, you know, the uh, Hollyweirds back in the day or Proton or, you know, those are the kids that if we had the ability to document the way they're documenting now, it would be a whole different world. Mm-hmm. It's true. No, I I agree. And we did not have that. There's no, no. document. There's no documentation. If there is, it's you know, it, it it went away with MySpace probably. So yeah, I tried to start a website called ComeUpKids dot uh, com that I lost because I didn't have 120 dollars for hosting. That's how close <laughs> I was. You know, when they um, hit you with the, when they hit you with the hosting man, check, you know, it that just was really brutal. I was like, do I go to the pawn shop? I was like, fuck a website, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, like I don't need it, but that's, I tried so hard to document the scene between like Nashville, Atlanta, you know, Toronto at the time, Miami, like trying to connect the dots, but it was a lot of work. Like it wasn't what it is now. Um, like Beyonce dropping a whole business directory. Like we were doing that in 2006. No, you're right. I mean, that, that, that Beyonce business directory shit is really wild. It's really cool. No, it really is like, it's so dope, but that's what I mean. Like, that's the kind of stuff that we've been doing, you know, but because there wasn't documentation or interest in it back then, nobody knew about it. No, no, you're right. You're right. And Beyonce, I think we, if if Beyonce sneezes, we know about it. So that might not be the best example. Do you think there's anything that, that, um, that we can do as creators of the blueprint to not have creative directors of rich people take our ideas and run with them? (laughs) Get hired by rich people and be their creative directors, I guess. Damn, good advice. Good advice. Okay, cool. All right. I can, that's something I can understand. Damn, Maybe I should be a creative director. That sounds dope. Damn, I've never so like what do you really do i mean it sounds cool but you know well hey hey don't knock the creative director title i gave that to myself back in 2007 i mean it unfortunately everyone did when as soon as you as soon as we created our instagram accounts we all became creative directors oh yeah cbcd 
Were you early on? Were you early on Instagram, or were you, or were you early on Twitter and stuff? But you 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 took some time. No, I was an early adopter. That was my thing. Like back in those days, like I was fanatic about being an early adopter, not to only get my name, but I just wanted to be in the first to be yeah, a test yeah. step. You thought you know? that you thought that LO account was going to be popping, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, right. I got my full name on LO. You guys be jealous. All of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I was I was on Twitter in 2008. I was on Instagram, like, I think there's a way for me as an employee, like, one time, the media ops guy, like, looked, I had him look it up for me, and I was, I think, one of the first million to, like, sign up for it. Oh, that's Um, crazy. Yeah, like, I was really, really into that stuff. I mean, right now, I have, like, what, 30 pictures on my page, but there was a time when I had 8,000 photos, you know? Damn, so, so... (laughs) <laughs> so Walk you me through to, that purge, please. Yeah, let's go through the archive process, please. We need <laughs> we need some advice, maybe. I've gone through two different purges. Uh, the first one was in 2013. I printed out 4,000 photos. On you printed Christmas. them out? What'd you do with them? What did you print them out? I have them. I have them in a box here, actually. Um, so but you like Marie kondo them, like you printed them all out so they won't be lost? Yeah. Yeah, Damn. before there was archive or anything, I really thought I was just So you like, didn't care you know, about the rainforest or anything. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> nope. Nope. So you sure printed so and and did you did you go like on your phone one by one just hitting delete or did you have like inside technology from working at the no. gram or is there a third party app? No, this is 2013. I didn't work oh, okay. at the gram till 2017. Okay. Um but no, there was a I think the website's name is called Print Studio or Printstagram. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's a, it's an, a photo printing app that right. you can connect to your Instagram account. So you just go through, pick all the ones that you want. They print them out. After they printed them out, I deleted all of the ones that I didn't want. So that was the first purge. The second purge came like 2000, maybe 18, 19. I don't remember now. Mm -hmm. But that one, at least I worked at Instagram and we had launched the archive feature. So yeah, pre-archive. Yeah, Yeah, pre-archive was brutal. Like, that was (laughs) that took a solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and I just actually archived about 400 photos like two, three days ago. I think it's just weird times right now. A lot of people like energies too much is out there in the world. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I don't want a lot of people in my business. Not let that me, I have a lot of business on Instagram, but let me tell you something right now. I'm sure you can talk to some tech guys in the office, and that fucking archive feature has been working overtime for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, that, that, yeah. That archive feature is tired. He's 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 gasping for breath. He needs a drink of water. Yeah, no, it's it's been um, very illuminating how certain things come out. But you know, for me, it's like I always had the foresight. Since two thousand nine, I've been erasing my tweets, <laughs> like literally. And I you're not like, even saying wild shit, or maybe no, you are. I'm not even saying anything, and I'm like, y'all are not gonna have me messed up out here. Like I'm erasing my tweets since two thousand nine, and it's a joke now because people know when I put up the GIF of. Uh, and I've never seen Men in Black, by the way, but I was told what this meant. <laughs> um, Will Smith, when he uses that gadget to erase memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a classic meme. Classic. Yeah. So when I use that meme, people know that my tweets just got erased. It's become like a joke at this point where they send it oh. back. 
Um, but yeah, I'm like, nah. So when you, when you go back and, and delete old tweets is, are, are there certain tweets that stay? Like, is there a criteria that they have to be met? It's, or it's just spring cleaning. Everything's got to go. No, like (laughs) I legit have this, whatever third party app that I have signed up and it just deletes it every week. Like every week. I, I don't go. Yeah, I don't. I don't mm. go through and be like, "Oh, this is a cute tweet. Might delete later." No. <laughs> so you even know? so, if you have some fire that has thousands of likes, boom, it's gone. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Chris, <laughs> Chris Black, me. I'm, I mean, you know, you're <laughs> ki- I kind of I, I appreciate that though because I do think that like no, I mean, it's I don't, amazing. I don't really give a shit, but like people are so mad that it's like I, I don't I, I don't know. I mean that it, it's it's a lot to go back through, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know what's so crazy is that people will send me screenshots of my tweets now. You know? Mm. And thank God it's nothing bad. It's like more like pseudo fake motivational shit that I might have said. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah, but when you cancelable. tweeted this picture of Rise and Grind, I really felt that. I just wanted to share it with you. <laughs> no, it's, it's like, you know, I may have been in my feelings and like posted a lyric by mm. Fiona Apple or some shit. I don't know. And, we, you um, know, we, we've had a lot of discussion about Fiona Apple on this podcast. Are you, are you riding hard for the new album? Uh, uh no. Say no more. I'm not no, I'm not I'm not either. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I, I'm a diehard fan. I mean I, I like it by default, but I don't love it. You know? Um mm. not not it didn't hit like how I needed the how the others hit. <laughs> we we needed that record to hit at that time, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I, and I mean, I went hard, like I saw it, I was waiting, I saw that it dropped, like I ordered my merch, even though the label is going to send it to me. Damn. When she wants to support the artist, you know, you'd love to see that, you know, you'd love to see that. I definitely support artists. I buy, I buy albums and merch all the time. That's the least I could do, you know. You bought that Fiona on Bandcamp, double (laughs) gatefold vinyl. I definitely bought the vinyl and the sweatshirt, even though I have a package that was sent to my office mm-hmm. that I, I'm probably not going to for the rest of the well, year. Well, it's a, it's a write-off, um, bro. Yeah, there Are it is. You, do we you, in the biz. Because you, you listen to a lot of music. I'm always pretty impressed with the range. Well, coming from you, that's – thank you. Mm. I'm just saying because, you know, well, no, I just <laughs> – Everybody, look, everybody has their little hiccups, you know. I mean, I, oh there's, a, my God. there's a lot of things. I, there's a, look, I like a lot of bad stuff. Um, not as bad as J. Cole, but like, I like a lot of bad stuff that I get killed for all the time. So, but I just think that it's, it's, it's interesting because I don't know if this is the way you grew up, but I grew up listening to punk and hardcore and it was like, that's what you listen to. You know what I mean? And then as you get a little older, you're like, oh, I should listen to, I should maybe try this other stuff. But, now in the world, I feel like it's really respected and, and encouraged to be like as diverse as possible with your listening, um, mm-hmm. which was not the case for me growing up. So I don't, was that like a household thing for you or did you just do that yourself as you got older? Definitely um, did it for myself from a young age. Like I would hear certain songs in movies and be like, what is that? Billy Holiday, what is that? You know, like. Mm-hmm. Who Harvest Moon? What what is that song? <laughs> you know, um, like Van Morrison. Cool. What is that? You know. So I did a lot of research. I don't know. Music just resonated with me, and that goes back to that whole 
calling myself a dabbler and why I wanted to throw a party like Broken Bougie because I wanted to hear Tears for Fears and also wanted to hear like Gucci Man in the club. Mm. Like that was me. You know, the, the, when I look in the mirror, I see half Van Morrison, half Gucci Man. So I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I mean, I, I paid like a $450 ticket to see Van Morrison at Carnegie Hall. Oh, you know, shit. Like, How good was it, though? How good was it? It's so epic, and I was probably the only person under the age of 35 at the time. For mm-hmm. sure. Did you have the full band, like the crazy band? The full-on band, and I went by myself, and I was just in freaking heaven. That sounds – I mean, I paid a, I paid like 600 bucks to see the Rolling Stones last year, like this – or a few months ago, I guess, at this point, and it was extremely worth it. Like yeah, extremely I, worth it. You know, one festival I really wish I would have went to, and I regret – Honestly, it was old Cella. I was there. What? Were you Did there? You? Oh, it was Hot Fire, best best concert I've ever been to. I forgot you went to that. Who played? Uh, the one I went to was um, Roger Waters, and then the Who opened for them for him. Uh, but Jesus. there was also Dylan, the Stones, Paul McCartney. Oh, I mean, God. I remember like it was Neil Young, and then, yeah, Neil Young. And Rolling Stones for sure, because you brought up Rolling Stones. Um, it was the best concert. It, like just the user experience of it was optimal for somebody who is you know above the age of thirty. I would say. Yeah, I I would I so regret. I don't even know why I didn't go because that's so up my alley. But yeah, that's how I grew up, and that's what I like. Like I have a whole D4L snap like playlist but then i have michael bolton music and I brian adams like, can you please you share know? the d4l playlist with us when we get off the pod that would be important for <laughs> it's 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 called the 940 piedmont playlist because that's my that was my address during that era so i'll definitely share it with you well, and then you, i have i have a playlist called tennessee country roads you, you know like i just hell yeah brother hell yeah bro i mean What's going on? Do you think country music's about to have a reckoning? We were talking about this because the Dixie Chicks just changed their name to The Chicks, which seems very strange to me. Not Lady to lo- A. La- yeah. Lady it's, yeah. Like, why can't they just change their name but make it good? I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't know why they have to change the name and make it bad. But, like, I think country music has become more mainstream and a little more diverse in the last, like, 10 years. I mean, you're, you probably know more than me. No, it definitely has. And I mean, I think it's a generational thing, you know, like you grow up listening to country, making country music, but you're like, it's kind of like the daughters of the Confederacy, like, you know, things is coming out about that. Like people don't realize like the influence those women had, like they raise these young kids to know a a certain kind of way in a life, you know? Um, And you have to think like they came up at a time when, people were being taught to be colorblind or like you're, you stay in your lane and that was their lane. I mean, Dixie chicks are, it's a bad example because they kind of, you know, alienated themselves by the comment they made some years back, Yeah, you know? Um, But other country artists, like they, they created for that audience and they're older now. Like they grew up on the shit that, we grew up on and they're realizing that it's wrong. And I think we're going to see a major shift, you know? Um, I think so. I think, I think so too. I mean, I think this NASCAR stuff, the country stuff, those are both like two kind of industries that are ripe for, for some big changes. Um, and maybe the most needed. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we'll see where it goes. I mean, Casey Musgraves is a perfect example, I guess, of an artist that mm. came up, you know, at a certain time, but wanted to, is rooted in country music. But country music can be pop too. I mean, think about like some of the biggest like pop songs, you know? Yeah, for they sure. They were country songs initially. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. has ability. I mean, the songwriting, it's beautiful. Like, I love country music, older country music, not new shit. Um, um, oh, you're not banging Kane Brown in the Prius? I'm surprised. You know, no, no, <laughs> no comment. No comment. But like a guy like that, I'm like, this guy is terrible, but he's huge because it, it it's people want to see themselves. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're a fa- if you're a fan of country music and you're black or mixed race, there's like not there's no one to look for. You know, yeah. so it's like I think that that's why someone like that has had such a, a meteoric rise. Um, you know, for for many reasons. Um, well, we have to. I would be remiss if we didn't discuss the versus battles. Oh boy, what do you want to talk about there? <laughs> well, you know, it's not really my shit to be honest, but it has been insane. And today I saw something that reminded me of Joe Biden commenting on the D Nice like stream, which is so classic. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what happened? Like in the early days of quarantine, oh D-Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Joe March B- March twenty first, as they like, as we like to call it, <laughs> <laughs> when Joe Biden just put the thumbs up emoji in the in the stream, which is so good, it's so it funny, so good. I mean, no one deserves it more than Derek Jones, aka D Nice. He's like the nicest guy in the industry. And well, what is so? Did you? How did the, I guess it would? I think it's cool to hear about like how the idea started and how how it came to you, like how oh, you first heard about it. Uh, honestly, like which one? The D nice stuff or versus? No, the verses. The verses, the verses yeah, yeah. Yeah. So versus, um, I was familiar with the concept because obviously, like Swiss did it a couple years back. Uh, I think it was him and Timbaland or him and Just Blaze. I don't remember exactly who, but I remember tuning in back in the day, but it was before Live With. So when D-Nice happened and like Live was popping off between the global citizen stuff and, you know, D doing his DJ stuff, you know, Swiss and Timbaland decided to go live with each other. And I tuned in that night because I was. So you're saying, but you're saying, so they didn't have it. Instagram wasn't involved at the beginning. No, we've never been involved. Like the thing, so what I do at Instagram is my job is to keep the dots connected between the music industry and us as a platform. Okay. It's my job to educate everyone in the music industry, be it artists, you know, producers, labels, whomever, on the best way to use Instagram. And because I come from creative strategy and marketing, like I also, you know, ideate some creative strategies with our partners. So in this case, you know, they were live and they were having a little bit of issues. So they all emailed me with their manager on email, like, hey, we can't connect like while they were live and I was giving them best practices. So obviously we got on the phone and I've known Swiss like he's been by the office. I've worked with him. Um, so Showtime, you know, show et cetera. Showtime. Okay. Zone. <laughs> it was, sorry, it's Zone. I'm sorry. I forgot he's switching to Zone. It's I Zone am- now. I am aware of that, but I prefer Showtime, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rewrite. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. No, show, Showtime Swiss is epic. It's it's legendary. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, it went from there to just making sure that they have all the best practices. Just hearing who they have next, trying to make sure that I connect with those artist teams, so they have no hiccups. Even though a lot of them do have hiccups. <laughs> um, you know, and that's kind of it. Like, so I've you kinda... guys are kind of like 
signal boosting a little bit and offering some like geek squad assistance and on the on the tech side of things if if you call me the deep squad assistance and like the tech geek squad then that is i yes it is me. <laughs> that is i that is i Ooh, uh, you like being geek squad but I just, I just feel like, honestly, like, I feel like it's been one of the biggest, like, brands, you know, for lack of a better term, to come out of quarantine. You know, I think it's like something that people have really gravitated towards. It's just interesting that, it, that it's worked so well. It's, it's the perfect storm. That's all it is. It's the perfect storm. We're all home. Think about it. Like, it's a music that we all came up on. You know, it's nostalgic. It reminded us of better times, good times, cheers to better years, whatever, mm. you know. Yeah. So it's, it's, of course, it's going to work. But as things open up, things are going to shift. Like, I would love to see it, you know, hit the road or something happen yeah. with it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But we Instagram, like, we, we're just there as a platform to make sure, like, that's the home where it's been. And we'll yeah. see where it goes from there. But has, the, has live in general just been such a priority? as during quarantine for in general i just feel like it's been such a it's had the biggest uptake of anything i've seen yeah i mean live was definitely not the biggest priority pre-covid and then covid happened and i will say that a lot of it has to do with me and my colleagues just like when we talk best practices with our partners we talk about four things right we're like if you use all four surfaces aka igtv live feed and stories holistically you know, you'll have better engagement. And the good thing about it is the last three years that I've been at Instagram, we've always stressed to use live. But the thing is, artists actually don't feel comfortable using live. Doesn't you know? need all that auto-tune, you know, all the production, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, like, every, and not even just from a performance standpoint, even talking to themselves, like, they need an audience. Mm. So people, like, artists, especially in public figures, weren't using live like that. But then when we're all quarantined, they miss that. They miss that connection and that communication with other folks. So it was just like, I, I remember pre um, going into quarantine life, we I sent out a best practice tip to a bunch of artists, teams and labels. And I was like, hey, remember, if we go and have to self isolate, you got live if you want to directly connect with art with your audience. Yeah. And it just went off like and you know, I think it's a new behavior and it's a prioritized behavior on the platform. And, you know, I think it's going to be a new way of life, especially when we talk music, like not coming back till 2021 or 2022, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I watched, you know, I I've watched a few verses. I watched the, the sweet at the, the Alicia and John legend because our friend works with Alicia. Um, so oh, yeah. What's his name? Yimmy? Yeah, yo, J- yeah, yeah. Yimmy, exactly. Yimmy? He, he, was, he was there at the show with us that night, too. You met him that yeah, night, Yeah, and then I re-met him when I was working with Alicia and put them for the Grammys. Yes, we yes. Dark- exactly. Yeah, he's good people. He's the best. But so I watched that one in full, and that one to me seemed – I guess they have just so many hits between them, and I love making fun of John Legend, so it was like the perfect combo for me. Um <laughs> But you know, everybody everybody comes to everybody comes to these things with different priorities, you know. Uh, yeah. And I understand that. You know, I understand that it takes all kinds. Um, yeah. We we've been talking about you know the MySpace and the Ellos and all these other social media platforms. Do you feel like all social media platforms are, are kind of doomed to have a, a shelf life or a or a, a time of death or 
is there a chance in the future where they go on forever? Uh, I think as long as man has like, and when I say man, like humans, um, <laughs> okay, not mans, man's, uh, not man's uh, not we're not talking not, about Zuckerberg, not, not mans and them. Okay. Um, <laughs> but no, as long as like humans have the need, this like need to like share, uh, social media is always going to be there. Well, I, I guess I don't mean, opinion. I don't mean social media as a whole. I mean, specific social media platforms like you know, Friendster and MySpace and Ello and all of these platforms that have come and eventually gone, you know, do you think there's a time where a Facebook and an Instagram and a Twitter, you know, get eventually taken over by a, a something new and better and less corrupted perhaps? Yeah. Oh, see. That was, not a, that was not a dig. Um, that was not a dig. But that was not a dig to Don't those. But it. I mean, we have to. We Don't have. Do it. But that's that's sort of what happened. That's that's how social media platforms die. Less of the, less of the corruption, but more of like, all right, here you did a great job with Friendster, but here's our new version of it. It's called MySpace, and everyone's like, okay, this is twenty times better. We're gonna switch. And then the I same think, thing happened to MySpace, et cetera. I think everything is evolutionary. And I think at the time with Friendster and like MySpace, it was literally a fucking moving train laying down the tracks, mm-hmm. not even laying down the tracks. It was just like a moving train on God knows what. <laughs> I think, you know, <laughs> like with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, you know, other platforms, like we are, I, I pride myself on being on a moving train that is like laying down tracks as we go, but we really do work with a lot of intention, you know, and I don't know. We, it's been around this long. Yeah. I did my space lasted X amount of years. Like it was fun. Mm-hmm. Friendster, like I could name a million social media platforms that started initially and to this day the start and come and go. Mm-hmm. But I think it's always it's gonna be like the three big labels, UMG, Sony, and Warner. Yeah. Yeah. True. You're always gonna have it. It's always gonna be there. People are always gonna wanna share that they got engaged. Or they had their fifth <laughs> child, or you know, whatever. So or like when Jason when, when Jason posts up a picture of a sandwich or something really important like that. Mm. You know, avocado toast, turmeric, <laughs> golden milk, tea. I don't fucking know. There's always going to be a trend. But I think that I think what's interesting is that that stories are just less like high def. You know what I mean? So I think people like that. I think that's given Instagram a whole new life when that was introduced. That just gave it a whole new a whole new element that that is like got people hooked people in. People like a different BTS way. just as much as as the final product. Yeah, and, for sure. I mean, that's the thing about Instagram, and I, I promise you, I'm not saying it because I work there. Obviously, I've been like an early adopter, and it's helped my career before it got me into this position working there. Um, people, you know, it's again, it's an evolution. Like when Instagram first started, it was high quality content and like architect buildings and you know it was all this shit and then there was a shift in behavior you know and that shift was i want raw authentic organic but a little bit curated (laughs) you know a little Mm. bit curated and i think you're always going to see a shift in behavior i mean we're seeing it right now with live it's live consumption like what else is going to happen that's the thing that's what i mean by it's a train that's constantly moving but we're laying down the track as we go and I've worked at Twitter and I've worked at Instagram and, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's not going anywhere. Damn, I didn't, I didn't, you've really covered all the bases. Shit. We You're haven't covered, we haven't covered the best part about 
Instagram and the worst part at the same time. Let's let's oh. talk about the explore page. <laughs> what do you mean? Listen, don't tell on yourself. The explore, <laughs> it is what you make it. But I also I I have dubious I, I I I'm dubious about some of it. You know. Hey, don't tell man. on yourself. Don't tell on yourself because the explore page is nothing but you and the closest people to you and what they consume. Okay, well that's that's what I wanted to know because I don't know I don't I don't know how it happens. But maybe you can offer some more in-depth insights. So, so the people that you are friends with and follow can also influence the explore page. Because I feel like in the beginning of of Instagram, the explore page was really an organic discovery, and I could actually use it to discover things. Um, and now, you know, the algorithm is sort of, you know, the snake yeah. has eaten its own tail, and it's a, it's on a a crazy orbit that I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it's honestly like that. The best way to put it is if Chris and I follow each other and we consume the same content, and you and Chris obviously follow each other, but I don't follow you. At the end of the day, what's going to happen shots. is <laughs> I'm going to follow you after this. Um, team follow back. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, team follow back. Uh, but no, that's like the best practice we tell everyone, right? Is that if you want to be introduced to a new audience, just engage with your current, you know, friends and family mm. as much as possible because you're going to pop up in their, in their explore as well. Mm. Because oh. the way it works is it's like literally the algorithm is just like learning what your interest is and in the community around you and serving you content that it assumes you are going to be into. Right. If you don't like it, just don't like it. So okay, <laughs> I got shift. it. I got it. Okay. Some, so, I mean, there's it, it's normally a fine place. My explore page. It's it's no, it's usually a, a good mix of of some things that I am interested in, a few things that I don't care about. But when things pop up a lot, like when TikTok was, you know, when everyone was doing TikTok dances and it was super huge, like my explore page was just flooded with it, and I never engaged with it, never wanted it, never never looked at it. And then, but it still just kind of shows up, and I'll click like show me, show me less, show me this less. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess TikTok is just the dancing. It's too was, big. Was yeah, too, I was about yeah. To, yeah, yeah Jason. This is this is not about algorithm. This is about TikTok taking over the world. This yeah, is not, so. this, this is bigger than you. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, it's all love. It's a lot of fun stuff on TikTok. But do you use what? Do you use TikTok? I definitely do not use TikTok. <laughs> wow, you just went from it's all love to I don't fuck with TikTok. No, 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 no. TikTok no. is the enemy. I no, d- do not put words in my mouth. No, that's um, just my same banging on my chest. It's on site when I see TikTok no, in the street. Some of my closest friends work there, but no, no, no. I just I I have no rhythm and I can't hold a note. Like right, legit. Well. Twitter is the place for you, my friend. Twitter is literally the place for me. I obviously don't share. I use a lot of stories. I don't take a lot of photos because I'm stuck in the house. Like, how many times do you want to see my dogs? Yeah. Um, You know, but no, TikTok, I say no, I don't because I I legit have zero rhythm. Like, my husband makes fun of me and I don't don't want (laughs) that. That's embarrassing. That's the shit. Have you tried CBD? Um, what does that do <laughs> it just loosens you up baby it's all good just try a little I'm, no, I'm loose 
that. <laughs> okay, I'm well, loose. I just can't dance. Could you could dance. you give me what are the five top things that appear on your explore page then? Uh, let me look right now. I honestly never look at my explore page. We're about to get um, the heat right now. This is about to be the tea. Let's see. No, I mean, right now I have buy black racial justice guides. I have uh, veggie buns six ways. <laughs> uh, I have which meat is best, beef, chicken, or salmon. Um, because mm. I'm also a chef, by the way. So I, I went to culinary school. Oh. Uh, in the I, was about to, three years, I was about to yeah. mention this to Jason because Jason's also a chef. Uh, so you guys have that in common. But you did you just stop working and do it for a couple years and then no. go back to work? Uh-uh. I, went, it, I started Instagram in March of 2017. I started culinary school January 2017 on the weekends. So I was going, yeah, I was working full time and going to culinary school Saturday, Sunday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Damn. Well, when uh, when this all blows over, you and I can we can cook up with Chris. We I would love that. I definitely miss cooking. I'm very Arab in that sense where I cook for 30 people at any given time, even for my husband and I alone. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's like very much an Arab granny auntie mm. mode um mm. so what yeah are the, what are the that. what are your go-to arab dishes oh man there's like which is the um north african like jute plant that's kind of like spinach mm. um mm. that's really good which is like a stuffed rolled cauliflower i i mean uh cabbage leaves kind of like how mm. grape leaves are but with lamb meat and rice i mm. mean there's so much there's there it's good mediterranean food you know yeah 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 okay. that's right up my street actually okay cool come on over i'm i'm, come on I'm, over. I, I'm gonna i will i will well i mean <laughs> come to crenshaw and have some arabic food <laughs> <laughs> are you are you subtly telling me i need some culture in my life because i don't disagree okay <laughs> okay i didn't you i can... didn't put that together but it sounds like you've just read yourself bro well, when you're being attacked, you know what it is. You know what it feels like. You mm. know? Goodbye, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. This was a real pleasure. Um, and it sounds like you're holding up pretty well in, in quarantine. Thank you. No, thanks, guys. Is, and, there, you know. is there anything you want to plug uh, on the on the internet or any new stuff you're working on that you want to talk about real quick? <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just follow follow my shit. That's it. Not even. Okay. You don't even have to do that. It's all good. Don't no, find if you see it. me on the streets, just say hello. That's all. No, I mean like I, I feel like oftentimes when I'm following Chris and his tweets, like I feel like it's a two way, one way combo. Mm. So I, when when he hit me, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be fun. It's like Twitter tweets in real time. So Damn. It'll be fun. That, that's that's exactly we've rebranded conversation as tweets in real time. Yeah, that's, that's really yeah, that's we're gonna add that to our, our one sheet deck hey That's, remember trend forecaster blue printer over here give me my due uh yeah we'll see well yeah. you're fine you're the one with the salaried position at a giant company okay I'll, we're not I'll, worried about I'll, you I'll, i'm gonna put a, a a light 50 in your sweet green account so that'll hit <laughs> soon don't worry thank you thank you yeah. we'll, we'll, talk, all day. we'll talk to you soon all right guys take care bye bye, bye.